This episode is brought to you in part by Chutney's Indian Grill, Canada's first fast casual Indian restaurant located in beautiful South Surrey. They're also opening soon in Abbotsford, Langley, and Kelowna. They really, really are delicious. Make sure you get a broti. Yes, a broti. Sounds like a burrito because it looks like one. Uh, you can also franchise now as well. To learn more, you can head over to eatchutneys.com or email franchise at eatchutneys.com. And also give them a follow on Instagram at Chutneys Indian Grill. And when you go, let them know Boss sent you. Yeah, they might give you some extra stuff. Hello, and welcome to the Boz Podcast. I'm your host, Shabad Singh. Today, we'll be speaking with Shamsher Singh of the Khalistan Foundation and the National Sikh Youth Federation about the life and legacy of the late Deep Singh Sidhu. Sidhu came to prominence during the farmers' protests, showing a clear voice speaking on issues affecting Sikhs in the Punjab in the context of the Indian state and the struggle that the farmers were fighting uh, being connected to a deeper and more structural struggle with the Indian state itself. We'll hear about his life, why his words resonated so widely, their impact, and what we have to look forward to in the future after his untimely passing. I'll remind you that we're here every two weeks on Tuesdays. We interview journalists and thinkers from the Sikh community about issues in Punjab and abroad. We hope you join us and continue to join us, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Shamsher Singh, welcome to the Boz podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's good. Sorry, I'm laughing. It's just we obviously know each other, and I'm I'm uh, imagining silly things that we've done we've done and said together. But anyway, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, of course, um, we're here today to talk a bit about uh, the legacy and the the world in which. Uh, Deep Singh Sidhu uh, inhabited and uh, what he means in, in this time. Um, so I wonder if we can start a bit just talking about what we know about him, um, who he was and uh, what, what, uh, how did he come to prominence in the context of the farmers' protests over the last uh, period, relatively short period of time? Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't know much about Deep Sidhu. Um, you know, obviously, like, you know, when you hear he was an actor, um, you know, a lawyer and all of these, um, you know, narratives about him um, that, you know, came to prominence. Um, for me, he came, you know, like um, in front of me when he, um, the stage was being run at Shambhu Morcha. Um, and he was someone that spoke very clearly and, and passionately, um, not just about the Kasani Morcha, um, and the kind of economic issues, but also spoke about the larger fracture um, that Punjab's been, you know, existing in, you know, since it was annexed by the British and, you know, since the Indian state was created. Um, and, you know, he spoke powerfully about Shaheeds. He spoke powerfully about centering Punjab, its autonomy, its Um, You know, the the phrase that he used to say was, this is a battle for our existence, that it's not just mm -hmm. about economic issues. There's larger issues here that have been ongoing, and it isn't a question of reforming the Indian state. This is a question of clash between Delhi and Punjab. This is a question mm -hmm. of the relationship, um, the central government um, and the, the structure of the Indian state has with Punjab is a question of the anuk of Punjab, the future of Punjab. 
Um, and yeah, at that moment in, in Chambu Morja, before like kind of the farmers protest, um, you know, especially in the diaspora dominated like news headlines and dominated, um, you know, the, the sick TV channels and, and social media. Shambu Morcha was an instrumental stage in, um, you know, fostering this environment of clash, um, you know, a space that was grounded in Sikhi, grounded in the larger political moment, the fracture, um, you know, and the underlying possibilities of Sikh liberation and sovereignty. Um, and yeah, I, I, it, was, uh, it was very, very powerful. And, and Shambu Morcha is where, you know, um, different voices were put into conversation with each other. And, you know, Deep really held that space in a lot of ways for a lot of different people. Um, and, you know, Shambhu Morcha, like, as we know, um, ended up kind of, um, I wouldn't, you know, and I think Deep was careful about these words as well. Like, it wasn't in rivalry to, you know, the uh, Kasani Andolan um, as a whole. Right. Um, but it was about holding space for Sikhs and for Punjab. Um, and that is the the space where the whole, um, you know, call for Dilli Chalo, um, you know, first emerged. Right. That we're not going to stay stationary. We need to get up and we need to move. We need to take this fight um, to Dilli. And all of those kind of impossibilities of, you know, the machinery of the Indian state and its, you know, its medieval approach to like digging up roads. Right ditches and barricades and you know that the impossibility of the clash um with the the machinery of, of the state was just like um you know made uh made a possibility um and made a necessity you know and made like you know part of the struggle itself that this clash is mm -hmm. part of struggle it's not something that can be avoided um because Delhi is now you know by um, introducing these laws they're seeking to annihilate our very way of existence and you know like you know they right. say of the unacable disagi or the withdraw like that sense of um self and honor um was speaking through him in, in a lot of ways and and yeah like he was someone that was very genuine um and like very honest about you know his relationship with Sikhi, his relationship with like all of these issues, and how he was learning about them, um, and I think that genuineness really spoke to people. Mm -hmm. um, and his, you know, his clarity. You know, he didn't shy away from talking about the issue as it was. You know, and that was essential to mobilizing sex because that spirit, like. Mm -hmm carried under the Nishan Saib all the way to Delhi and, you know, and culminated in that moment when the Nishan Saib was raised over the, the Lal Killer. And can you, can you go a little bit deeper into what that message was, like what his analysis was? You know, we understand it's developed, it was developing and he had a relatively short time to sort of expound on, on what he was, was talking about, but what the time, the, the time that he did, have was was touching something in people that was very potent and it was connecting them in a in a i mean a clearly a profound way in the way that it mobilized people what uh can you talk a little bit about that what was what was this message maybe if you can go a little deeper into this more prof i guess a more far-reaching um, analysis of the problems that not only six, but then the, because obviously it's happening in the context of this broader farmers protest are facing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like at its sharpest edge and in its most concise way, it was about galami. And that was a word that mm -hmm. he used, subjugation, slavery. Um, and that is a word, you know, obviously that's not unique to deep. Um, and that word right. and its usage in these contexts has um, you know, a very clear reference point, you know, especially in recent Sikh history, and that's um, St. Janelle Singh. And that was someone, you know, Deep Sidhu talked about as being one of his icons. And, you know, um, both St. Janelle Singh and, um, you know, the Jatedar of the Khalistan Liberation Force by Kuchant Singh, Bud Singh Wale. Um, so, like, that analysis, as he Galamia, you know, was, like, just the crystallization of, um, you know, um, what he was talking about. And, and I'll give you an example. I remember watching... Um, a speech of a young Sikh farmer 
um, a really young guy, I think he must have been in his like early 20s, and he was giving a passionate speech at Shambhu Morcha. Um, and he was asking the Sangat that was gathered there, he was like, when the British were sitting on the Delhi throne, uh, what was their relationship like with Punjab? At that time, were we free? As he azad us again, as he galams again. Were we free or were we subjugated? And everyone shouts out, as he galams he. And he's like, before mm. the British, you know, when the Mughals were sitting on the Delhi Takat, what was our relationship like? Um, you know, was it one of Azadi or Galami? Um, and then everyone shouts, Galami. And then he's asked the question mm. in that moment. He's like, now that there's a Brahmin Vat, there's a Hindu fascist government sitting on the throne of Delhi, Asi Azadi and Galami. So his analysis was mm-hmm. about the structure of the Indian state, that it's a centralized administration, that Punjab has never had space within this structure to set its own policies. It's always been used to meet the food security and the national security interests of the Indian state, that this structure cannot be reformed, that this conversation that we're having, this the point at where this discourse is at, you know, then it moves to armed struggle and we've seen it. And they say that we shouldn't talk about Mm. Santa. They say we shouldn't talk about Khalistan. Um, these questions, of course, we're going to talk about Khalistan and Santaji. Um, and you, you hear it like, um, you know, um, in, in one of his last speeches where he talks about like the issue isn't one of economic rights. The issue isn't, you know, like now whichever government is campaigning, um, so whichever party right. is for votes they're offering you like you know a thousand rupees or they're offering you a gas free gas cylinder you know he's like ask them about the the um, the sataluj uh, yumla canal link that our right. water are being stolen from us ask them about the thousands and thousands of Sikhs, um the the sick youth that was killed in extrajudicial encounters ask them about like the yes. questions of our liberation so for him it the frame you know that came across very clearly was that the indian state is a centralized hindutva structure that is dominating and exploiting punjab's resources to meet its own ends and our future in punjab is no longer sustainable and this isn't a question of reforming this structure it's a question of liberation of kudumukhtiari of azadi um and yeah that like that was the sharpest point of his analysis, the peak of where he took the conversation. Um, and obviously we know like, you know, where, you know, that conversation has been taken before, um, even yeah. in the, during the um, Green Revolution, um, even post, you know, um, that like, you know, there's a, the speech of Parpir Singh Balbur, um, Parpir Singh, uh, oh, Balbir Singh Parpur, mm-hmm. um, that talks about uh, the same, um, you know, issues about like agriculture, about, you know, that we are pride ourselves and being the anzata of the Indian state. Um, but in fact, you know, we're not free and like we shouldn't pride ourselves in being the food producers of the Indian right. state. The question is actually one of our liberation. So all of those issues have been existing, right? Like um, um, Punjab's reliance on monocrop agriculture um, that's, de- um, you know, depleting the water table with a non-indigenous crop of jonna of rice. Um, that's, you know, mm. water that's, you know, um, and as a result of pesticide use, you know, there's um, increasing levels of arsenic in the ground and there's cancer as a result of it. Um, you know, the river, the waters are being diverted. So you're having to dig deeper um, to get groundwater and the groundwater isn't something that's going to be replenished. You know, it takes like decades right. for that to be replenished. And then there's larger issues of discrimination against sex. Um, so all of these issues are intertwined. And, you know, like the previous time this conversation was happening, where we saw this type of mass mobilization was in the 1980s. And agriculture and Punjab's viability and its liberation were key talking points. So in a lot of ways, like Deep mirrored um, that conversation. And he also mirrored for mm-hmm. a lot of I think he mirrored that journey to connect with Sikhi, to connect with the Pant, to connect with these larger issues of Sangarsh and liberation in a very genuine and a very honest way. And I think that's why, like, you know, what he was saying resonated. And, you know, and also he was like a very passionate speaker and, you know, had a lot of clarity. And 
talked about Padshahidawa, you know, like that, you know, Guru Sahib has bestowed us with sovereignty. We are a sovereign mm. people, indigenous to this land. Like we can't stay the Galam of Delhi. It's not in our character. It's not in our history. And the fact that we are in this predicament is because of the, the very structure of the Indian state that seeks to keep us confined to these dynamics and nothing is changing. And now we're at this point. So, you know, when are we going to wake up? Um, so yeah, um, I think that captures like the the sharpest points of his analysis and where he was taking um, the mm. conversation in a lot of ways. So and so, I'm curious because you talked about the significance of him helping to create a space within the Morcha that uh, allowed for sick discourse and organizing to to have a uh, yeah, to have space to, like, uh, enculturate and, and and intermix. And and you mentioned that he brought together different groups of people. I'm curious how, you know, obviously there's, uh, I mean, in which, which I'd be happy for you to touch on, there's obviously, like, the sort of uh, political, I guess, discussion between, uh, I guess, what you could call a, a Pantic oriented element of the, or aspect of the Morcha, and then maybe some kind of a tension that that has with like the union leadership and the, the sort of pure economic reform uh, aspect of the movement. But I'm curious if there's any sense of how his words and the kind of conversation that was building there um, intermixed with groups that might not necessarily be Panthic that might have, but might have shared interests with the Panth because of their location in Punjab and their, uh, their, uh, you know, their misfortune at the hands of the state, um, be they sick or not, or Panthic or not. I'm curious if that, if if we have any knowledge of that kind of conversation that was happening. Yeah, I mean, as we know, like, you know, there's no such thing as economic issues, right? Like all issues are political issues, especially living within the confines of of a state. Um, And that I guess that mixing, you know, um, between what the Kassan, like, you know, the the major Kassan Jatebandiya, because obviously they're not like a monolith. There's like diversity within those. Right. but like what the main kind of thread that you saw from the Kassan Jatebandiya was, you know, this rhetoric of like Indian nationalism, of, um, you know, vafadari of loyalty to India, that we should be rewarded for our contributions and for, you know, the way we've stayed loyal to the Indian state because we produce the food of the Indian state. It's our sons that are fighting on the border um, and versus like, you know, a more overt, Punjab-centric discourse that centered Sikhi, that centered sovereignty, that wasn't really willing to confine itself to these, you know, parameters of being mm-hmm. great for merely existing. So that mixing of of the two was the contentious ground, um, you know. And then def- definitely was pushes from, um, you know, certain Kasan Jatibandiya to, you know, um, not uh, use Sikh slogans like Bole Sonehal, Abdan Shan Sahib's flying um but the kasan unions they weren't the ones that were setting up langars they weren't the ones right. that were calling to go to delhi they were calling for the movement to be stationary to sit to follow allocated routes to stay within the confines not just you know um uh, ideologically of the state but also in a practical way that the police have said this is the route the police have said this is where we should right. come this is where we should stop and you know we shouldn't overturn the barricades um and we shouldn't like give this a quote-unquote religious color um you know and all those narratives they don't serve you know punjab like you know there's been so many mass mobilizations that we've seen in india like student organizing um other farmers protests from other states um and none of them have had this edge and this energy this sustainability um you know this praxis of like the the um the way six mobilize matters to the type of liberation that they envision envision so having lungar set up having a school set up you know taking care of people's medical needs you know providing aid um you know mm. um um, you know, um, not just for the, the participants in the Morcha, but also people in the periphery of the Morcha, um, right. you know, the 
residents of Delhi, like, you know, the, the, the so-called street children. You know, I remember watching one video, um, you know, that made me super like emotional, like young kids saying that, you know, we've never eaten this well. And, you know, the person asked them who is, you know, who right. is giving this food. And they said, you know, Sardarji, you know, are giving this food. And, you know, so many moments mm. like of like residents in Delhi, like celebrating, um, you know, the praxis that is ingrained within six, um, you know, of, of how we show up, of how we mobilize. Um, and, you know, you can't strip these things away. Like you can't have langar, but not have a nishan saib. You can't have, you know, um, you know, right. mutual aid and, you know, collective care and not talk about Sri Guru Granth Sahib Ji and not have Gurdwari there, not have Bani there, not have like people participating in making the langar, overturning barricades and using them for like, you know, stoves and using barricades for like benches and makeshift kitchens and you know like those things are deeply intertwined so i think um like some of the kasan unions wanted to keep the conversation within these parameters because of the underlying potential that a six centric struggle the politics of the of a six centric struggle what that means in relationship to the indian state and you saw the you know that mixing those those boundaries being you know, vocally enforced by the Indian media narrative of the infiltration of Khalistanis, of how Khalistan right, right. has become this demonized term in, you know, Indian public discourse. This They present it as this toxic word um, and they've relied heavily on, you know, playing to that narrative in order to alienate, you know, um, the residents of um, Delhi and also the, the larger Indian population and, and also the, the world that was watching, you know. Um, so they, yeah. they really kind of relied, they wanted to create this environment of social consent for like violence against the Morcha, but they weren't able to kind of push it to that point because of the nature of what Sikh liberation looks like in practice people didn't understand why you know these people were a threat because of the way they were showing up and the way they were being in that space i remember watching this guy from haryana um you know uh, he was in a punjabi guy i think he was a hindu guy or you know there's, there's muslims mm. as well um saying that you know if six right. are asking for khalistan then we are khalistani because you know these right. are Punjab is our, you know, has the role of our elder brother, you know, and like there's so many moments like that that um, really challenged, um, you know, those those uh, parameters. But those parameters also showed up in a lot of ways as well. And you know, six themselves holding up placards saying we're farmers, not terrorists. That was a reflection to me of how internalized the violence of the Indian state yes. become. You know, that the fear that's been internalized that if you you know, um, embody Khalistan, if you talk about this, then you will be treated as a terrorist, which means extrajudicial murder, which means torture, which means rape, which means massive levels of state violence, which means being put into prison without trial, like, you know, Jaggi and so yeah. many others. Um, so the Indian state really tried to, you know, police the boundaries of, you know, not just the, the site itself, but the discourse and where the conversation would go mm. because these possibilities because of what the Nishan Saib represents. You know, it isn't just a, a quote unquote religious flag. It represents the sovereignty right. of the month. Um, and I think Deep spoke to these, um, you know, issues in a lot of ways and ways and he made a lot of space for these conversations. Um, you know, like he was insistent, like, you know, that, um, you know, even the, the first video of when they smashed through the barricades, um, which really mm. like, you know, um, is something that, um, you know, I've been thinking about a lot watching that video and, you know, he says like, you know, he's on this tractor, he sees this tractor, that's not his tractor, that's someone else's tractor, different Jatebandi, he jumps on it and as it's driving, he sees that it has a Nishan Saib on the front and there's a spinning picture and it has Sant Janelle Singh's photo in it. Like these things, like mm -hmm. this symbolism, like meant something to him in the way that it means something yeah. to sex as well, you know, and like there, I saw so many people like, you know, elders, children, like talking about like we're not gonna go home. Asi shaheed ho jonge, like you know we're Guru Gobind Singh. Mm -hmm. 
You know, these aren't just words, right? There's something deeper within the Sikh consciousness. They're, they're coordinates to these um, ideas. The people have embodied Shahidi. They've embodied that resistance before. The same, you know, people that have been criminalized. So you can't like, I think what the Kassan um, Andolan wanted was a mass of people, um, you know, to show the collective support. And what Deep and, you know, was instrumental in doing and um, was diffusing the power amongst the Sangat. So it became a collective movement. So no mm. one could come and then take control. No one leader could become the voice of the movement. No one leader could take the demands below repealing the laws. And I think that is like, you know, Deep and others that were involved in that moment and in that type of discourse, that's something that, you know, was a profound thing that occurred that, you know, the demand became the demand of the people and nobody could, you know, take that step back. Nobody yeah. could lower it to a point of compromise. It was, and that's it, because like, mm. you know, that clarity, you know, that, um, um, you know, uh, that energy, you know, that, that turned into collective power that was carried under the Nishan Sahib, smashing barricades, setting up langars, you know, taking the conversation further beyond these scopes. Um, and I'll give you another example of like, you know, kind of the, the mixing, like when uh, yeah. Bhagat and Uddam Singh became like the icons of um, revolution, but Sanjanel Singh, you know, wasn't given that space by like the major Kassan Ibandia. Because Bhagat Singh and Udham Singh, like even though they're icons of revolution, they're still confined within Indian nationalism. You know, they don't pose a challenge to the Indian state, but Sanjanel Singh does. So they weren't giving space to, you know, um, um, Sikh icons in that way. And for me personally, that was one of the kind of um, the key failures of the Morja was, you know, in that moment, that political mm. education, you know, that recentering, um, you know, on like Sikhi, you know, that that people like Deep pushed the conversation to, um, you know, if that had occurred, you know, the, the entire landscape um, would look different right now. You know, people wouldn't be focusing on elections. You wouldn't have Kassan Agus right. running for, you know, seats, um, you know, the conversation and the movement would have gone beyond, you know, to where people like Deep were pointing to about this question of Punjab's liberation. This episode is brought to you in part by Canada Visa Now. For all your Canadian immigration needs, whether it's express entry, work permits, visitor visas, family sponsorship, literally everything, make sure you go and call these guys first for some advice. 778-989-1144 or 437-971-1770. They got two locations to serve you. One in Edmonton, Alberta, and the other in Abbotsford, BC. Canada Visa Now. Good guys. Go to them for any advice on immigration. This leads to the you know, the Deep Siddhu was, was tapping into a history and a, I suppose, a lineage of thought and, and revolutionary thought and action that uh, he was very conscious of and, and that was igniting something in people. And I think as we'll talk about in a moment is absolutely still alive. It's not obviously with his death that that story doesn't die. Um, if anything, uh, maybe it, it's, it's just an even more, more, um, impactful or prescient moment to, to see what, uh, you know, can happen to those who, who raise their voices. Now, we don't, we don't know the specifics of how he died, uh, aside from it being reported as a car accident, but I wonder if you can. Uh, tell us what we what we know and or kind of the at least the the reported narrative and um, 
if there are if there are there have been questions about and allegations about some sort of uh, foul play by the state um, and uh, this being like a targeted uh, killing. But um, I'm curious what we know about that and and um, what significance that has. Um, and then I'll ask my next question after that. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, obviously, like, the exact nature of what happened, you know, on, you know, February 15th, um, you know, when that fatal collision occurred, um, you know, I guess nobody will ever really know, um, you know, what happened. Um, but the fact that Sikhs are viewing and questioning Deep Sidhu's death in a political way, that speaks volumes mm. itself. And that speaks to the reality of life within the structure of the Indian state, a structure that's built and sustained through the death of our people, um, a genocidal, um, you know, uh, a, a genocidal structure that has been materially invested in annihilating this type of discourse, that has been invested in rendering, rending this discourse from our very souls of criminalizing the word Khalistan, of criminalizing the politics for Punjab's liberation, of Punjab's sovereignty that doesn't even allow um, an iota of space for this conversation that calls it sedition, that calls it um, terrorism, um, you know, that speaks everything, you know, and that, you know, is, um, I guess, is like, you know, is a profound reckoning, you know, um, that we saw erupt spontaneously. Um, I don't think there's anything that, you know, any investigation or anything that the Indian state could say that would convince a lot of Sikhs that Deep Sidhu was killed, you know, his car accident was right. staged. You know, that um, the way it went down, it, um, it wasn't an ordinary collision. You know, there's questions about, um, you know, just the nature of the crash itself. One of the biggest questions for me that stands out is looking at pictures of the way the, you know, the driver's, um, you know, side of the vehicle is crushed. Like, you know, that would have pinned anybody who is driving the vehicle in that position. Um, and right. then there's pictures of Deep, like, lying in the trunk of the vehicle. Um, right. Like, these are like, you know you know, um, inconsistencies that can't be dismissed, um, you know, uh, um, in any way. Um, and, you know, and we know the Indian state has been, um, you know, killing Sikhs and it has assassinated countless Sikhs, you know, very viciously in the streets and cities of Punjab, in the fields of Punjab, you know, um, they've released pr criminals from prison, serial rapists and murderers and, um, you know, created Alam Senas and like these, you know, black cat counter, you know, um, guerrilla um, right. organizations, you know, state terrorist groups to defame and discredit the liberation movement. Um, you know, like one of the examples that comes to mind is Fula Nang, like you, you dressed up as a Nihang Singh and, you know, would, would burn people alive, you know, and take their land wow. and shout slogans of Khalistan, you know, to defame. And this is something that states do because it's very hard to fight a guerrilla movement, you know, so you have to invest resource in discrediting it. Um, you know, and, you know, Bibi Bimalkor's Shahidi comes to mind as well. You know, um, she, she was, you know, um, she was denied a post-mortem. Same with Deep, you know, the, the police tried to spin right. these narratives to discredit his character. You know, like, um, you know, they know like these things like matter to Sikh. So they try to discredit his character yeah. and, and then they denied it. You know, they didn't um, carry out an autopsy. Same with Bibi Bimalkor when, you know, she was killed. Somebody broke into a house, um, you know, and fed her cyanide. Um, and first the Indian state mm. said, you know, she she was electrocuted. And then they said she had a heart attack and didn't carry out um, mm. a postmortem. And even after the, you know, um, Battle of Amritsar, the Indian um, state insisted that they had recovered large quantities of like drugs and alcohol right. and women and like gold and right. in in order to discredit the Sikhi of those that were resisting. Um, so the Indian state as a structure has been invested, you know, heavily in annihilating Sikhs, um, you know, um, both through mass genocide and through targeted killings. Um, and not just India, I mean, states carry out these types of actions all the time. So, you know, for people... Um, and then and, so, yeah, and I was just going to say, and India doesn't only carry out carry these out on in 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 uh, among six. I mean, if anybody mm -hmm. wants to, it's it's obviously a different context. But I mean, 
if people want to read about <clears throat> Nagas and, uh, and Nagaland and their history of, you know, another border uh, state in India that is that has been in uh, insurgency and struggle since the what the 20s and 30s and experiences same you know same kind of textbook uh, actions like uh, stage encounters and that's not even to begin talking about Kashmir and Assam and Beng and and West Bengal and you know all these places where um, especially groups that don't fit into the the uh, Hindu uh, Hindutva narrative of a kind of Hindu Rashtra um, are are easy targets to or yeah are like acceptable targets for the state to uh, not only kill but but essentially like uh, keep in the equivalent of open air prisons. So it's like a it's a, a, a national phenomenon that every every community who's not that sort of mainstream and 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 I think even that is probably like wishy washy. It's just like whoever the state wants to crush, they do and and minority groups are are the first target. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, um, you know, and the fact that like so many sects all over the world um, have given, you know, again, like spontaneously given this the title of Shaheed to um, uh, Deep Siddhu mm. like, speaks volumes to where they see him, you know, within this struggle and where they see this relationship between someone like Deep, um, the things that he said, um, you know, and th the way he met his end. And, you know, and that's a big part of it, right? Like people that are saying that he was killed are also saying he was killed for the things that he was saying, for the way that he was trying yeah. to organize, for where he was taking the conversation. Um, so, I mean, again, like that, that speaks volume. So like, you know, the, it doesn't matter, like, you know, if the Indian state comes up with an inquiry or, you know, some kind of you right. know, judicial review, like when, um, you know, at the height of the armed movement, um, when the Indian state was engaged in like thousands and thousands of staged encounter killings and, and genocide, um, uh, uh, KPS Gill, you know, the um, a senior police officer who is responsible for mm. a lot very brazenly says in a in a recorded interview uh, a filmed interview um he says like you know um, someone asks him about like you know these claims of you know um Nodjwan in Punjab youth in Punjab being disappeared and he says there's no one that's been disappeared they've all moved abroad to Canada um wow. like the audacity with which to like deny um yeah. the genocide of the sick people like it's it's not something you can put past you know, a vicious state like India, that, that like again, that has been materially invested in not only the physical annihilation, but also restricting space within public discourse, criminalizing certain yeah. conversations. Um, only like a few years ago, uh, three young sex were sentenced to life in prison for distributing literature around Khalistan. Mm -hmm. Recently, um, you know, a, a young Sikh and his mother were arrested for the same reasons. And, you know, they're citing sh social media activism. One of the charges that was presented against Jaggi was that he was, um, you know, engaging in online discourse and social media to talk about Khalistan. Um, mm -hmm. So this is, you know, very clear lines that the Indian state doesn't want you, um, doesn't want any Sikh to be crossing. And, and how, well, and with, with, like you mentioned, I mean, we saw powerful images of Deep Sidhu's uh, cremation and six shouting slogans of, of Khalistan and, and liberation. Um, and I think, I think that touches on the, the depth that that touched people uh or where that touched people and it clearly has if not ignited something i mean you know there's this movement has been ongoing uh but it it added a new spark it created a, maybe opened up a conversation or a certain confidence to be able to talk about these things um what what do you see kind of in it, the how do you see this his legacy um, and how do you see this, 
you know, the, the part that he played in and how, how uh, things move forward and evolve um, from, from this period and from uh, his short time as part of this movement and this broader uh, discourse on liberation. I mean, purely from like a sick point of view, um, to start with, like, you know, Bovard de Pagia, you know, just the Baldicheka, Gomi Pavna Manu Negdendihove, like somebody whose literal burning body, whose funeral pyre is igniting these deep held feelings for the Zadi of the calm within sex, you know, that's a great good fortune. Bovard de Pagia deep there. Can't be like, you know, um, spoken about in you know articulated i guess like you know it's difficult to even give that words beyond you know what i've just said like um but yeah like that moment those echoes you know the slogans of like um you know like that ignited at that moment you know there's like been over the last 10 years you know like there's been 10 like um there's been like sorry there's been six like mass mobilizations um, and they have carried this underlying sentiment, um, like in, you know, and nurtured this underlying sentiment, planted these seeds of revolt and revolution and, and um, you know, tried to take the conversation, um, you know, into these spaces, like, you know, March 2012, um, you know, by Balon Singh Rajoana, um, when his, like, um, hanging was announced, there was this whole global mm. I Pledge Orange movement, um, you know, mm. taking place. You know, in 2013, with there was a hunger strike with Bhai Gurbakh Singh um, around the release of Sikh political prisoners. Again, all individuals that had been arrested for, um, you know, revolutionary actions in support of the Khalistan um, armed struggle. Um, and then in 2015, the Sarbat Khalsa, where you had like, you know, hundreds of thousands of Sikhs gather um, and rejecting, you know, the inroads Hindutva was making into Sikh institutions, the interference of the Indian state in, you know, uh, Bantic politics was a key spark to that. Um, you know, and, and in that moment, mm-hmm. Jatidar, Jaktar Singh Hawara, um, you know, was elected the Jatidar of Akal Takat, someone who's, you know, spent more of his life in prison than he has outside of prison, mm-hmm. um, you know, been, um, you know, the, um, who's been accused of being involved in the assassination of Chief Minister Beyant Singh. Um, so, you mm. know, being selected um, to the position of the Akal Takijatidar speaks volumes. And then again in Bargari Morcha, you know, which was around Guru Granth Sahib's Biyadvi, which has been an ongoing yeah. issue. Um, you know, that the Indian state, um, you know, and, you know, has been involved in through various proxies, um, you know, to keep sex confined within the logics of the Indian state, you know, the incident happens and, you know, the discourse goes to like, we need an inquiry, we need the police to arrest culprits versus what was happening during St. Janelle's yeah. time. When a Biadbi incident was happening, and he was like, to see like to see Sekhani again, like um, you know, to take that um, mm. you know response to the to the parameters of the Pant as a sovereign entity, not as a, an entity that asks for justice from a, an oppressive regime. Um, and then obviously, like you know, um, you know, twenty twenty, like in you know, Octoberish, when like the farmers' protest uh, began, and the underlying Sikh mobilizations within that Morcha itself, like mm. the Lichalo um, call, like the Lal Killer, essentially the Kabja, you know, the occupation of the Lal Killer, um, raising the Kesari Nishan mm. side over that, the narratives, you know, before that moment, you know, when Nahang Jatebandiya were talking about that, you know, we've, um, you know, um, uh, like, um, I think it was 19 or 29 times that the Khalsa has, you know, taken over the Lal Kila and we're going to make this the next moment, you know, and then mm-hmm. in that as well when the Nishan Sahib was raised um, and then you know Fatehgarh Sahib the Borg of Deep Siddhu you know where reports of crowds go into the hundreds of thousands um, wow. you know it's like yeah like the, this eruption that we saw following his death like those seeds have been there present throughout so many moments nurtured in so many different ways um, and they came to the surface um, in a very, very powerful way. And that call, like, you know, that was being shouted here in mm. South Oak, 
you know, there was a a, a, mm. a Khalistan rally, um, you know, and a, a, a march in his honor that was being shouted in the streets of Surrey in um, Australia, um, you know, in um, California, like all over in the diaspora, um, those calls were being echoed. So I think like, you know, um, you know, his is is difficult to quantify um, what the, yes. the lasting impact of this is going to be. Um, and in these key moments when the, you know, the conversation pushes, you know, between that binary of reformist politics and revolution, um, in these key moments, these sparks of revolt, you know, this rejection of, you know, the terms imposed by the state, um, you know, they say a lot, you know, and, and these moments need to be nurtured yeah. because... Khalistan is something that's continually been pushed to the margins, you know, on one hand by like, you know, the tangible violence of the Indian state um, and its criminalization. And then also the self-censoring that occurs, um, you know, in our Gurdwari, in Sikh organizations that don't want to, um, you know, be seen as embodying any quote unquote political you know, um, issues or want to be seen as being radical because right. they want to work, you know, in Punjab, they, they want to travel to India. Um, I mean, that's what's vocalized. I've heard it, you know, countless times in my life that don't say Khalistan, you won't be able to go to Punjab right. ever again. Um, and so, and at some moment, we have to confront the reality of the conditions within which we're living. You know, we didn't choose to leave Punjab. We've been, we're we've been continually displaced from Punjab and our return from Punjab is either going to go back as tourists, um, you know, or we're going to have to think about, um, you know, Punjab's Kudmukhtiari, its azadi, its sovereignty beyond this transactional relationship. And I think for a lot of people in the diaspora, the Kasani Morcha was for the first time that they were confronted with these underlying politics, this fracture, mm questions of what India is, um, you know, and and I hope it continues to change their relationship with Punjab beyond this, you know, of it's some a place that exists somewhere that we visit once every while yeah. as tourists or we go to visit family, to start seeing it as land that's been, you know, ripped apart by borders, by, you know, the creation of different states, you know, a region that's been, you know, split you know, that doesn't exist as a whole place anymore. Um, and, you know, the issues that exist in Punjab, you know, it's um, degradation environmentally, um, you know, the, the social conditions that we're forced to live in, um, opiate addictions, um, you know, um, the lack of investment in infrastructure and education, um, the continual displacement from Punjab because of the same reasons that our parents ended up here is because they didn't see a future in Punjab. Those are conditions mm. that are ongoing. There's still people trying to, you know, find a quote unquote better life, um, you know, beyond Punjab somewhere. And then, you know, I, I, I speak, I, I remember speaking um, to so many different elders here in our community and, you know, the phrase like Mitti Jail, you know, came up for so many, like they came here with the hope that one day they would go back, but they never ended up going back. Mm. Um, and, you know, and Deep is someone who returned home in so many different ways, mm. you know, yeah. he returned to Punjab to speak, you know, to let that anak and that, you know, that passion for Sikhi and sovereignty, like drive him. Um, and I hope like, you know, that's, you know, um, that's, that's something that we can collectively nurture, you know, beyond just remembering him, you know, I think we need mm. to think about the politics he embodied. We need to think about those who he was inspired by. Like to say that you're inspired by Sant Janel Singh, to say Khalistan's Zindabad, these are revolutionary statements. Um, you know, we need to think about the soil of Punjab that's watered with the blood of Shaheeds, that's been nurtured by gurus. We say, you know, Punjab wasda guru ande We need to think about that space that cultivates people like the mm. that cultivated a generation of, you know, um, um, like Surme and Yode and Gursik mm. Shaheeds. You know, and like for me, that really speaks to this question of Deep's legacy of how we honor him. Um, we need to look at the the you know the sharpest point of his discourse, 
um, to see where he was taking the conversation, the most radical points of his discourse to kind of fi figure out what, you know, what those boundaries look like, what his politics look like to confine him to economic issues, to reformist politics, to electoral politics, to mm. questions of Punjab's Azadi alone, like it doesn't do him justice. We need to look at, you know, um, these conditions as a whole, what we're embodying, like all, like I was saying, all issues are political issues. Um, all of the, yeah. the social issues, they don't exist because there's something wrong with us. They exist because of structural right. violences. Um, and that's not just with us. That's with so many indigenous, displaced, marginalized communities. You see parallels with, you know, issues around land rights, around water rights, around, you know, um, education, around substance abuse. Um, you know, around like crises of, you know, existentialism, you know, of existence, of horns, mm. like are occurring, you know, in all of these in-between spaces in, in empire. Mm. They're continually occurring within, you know, the militarized borders of the Indian state. You know, they've been violently policed um, out of us in, you know, what they've, they've tried in a lot of ways. So yeah. for me, like, you know, thinking about, um, you know, um, it raises these fundamental questions. How do we sit with Deep's words and actions and the Shaheeds that he was influenced by to organize towards this Mazburi, like this necessity to mm. fight for Khalistan? And do we view Deep's passing um, as a call to action? Because he was someone that was, you know, in invested in mobilizing and moving on the ground of calling Sikhs to move, to clash, these politics of clash, um, you know, and yeah, I think, you know, they, these are very serious conversations um, and there's something, you know, that, that needs to be um, nurtured, you know, within and beyond um, these moments. To that end, um, how can uh, people follow, follow your work and, and continue nurturing um, this, this uh, necessary, important discussion and nurturing their own knowledge of the uh, structural context that Punjab and Sikhs find themselves in and, and the, the politics of, of liberation. How can they continue doing that and uh, follow your work or any other work that you refer them to? Yeah, I'm so like, um, you know, um, I'm the co-founder of the National Sikh Youth Federation, um, which was set up about you know, 10, 12 years ago um, in the UK. Um, and you can find that at NSYF, um, uh, at, um, oh, sorry, at the NSYF um, on Twitter. And our website is nsyf.org.uk. And I'm also currently working as the program director for the Khalistan Center that was established a short while ago. Um, and, you know, we've been putting out some, um, in my opinion, like really good publications. Um, and you can find those at khalistan.org. Um, and, and follow us on, on the socials at Khalistan Center. Um, and, you know, we're like, you know, really been thinking and sitting with these questions of um, what does it mean to inspire a generation of Sikh leadership um, that is rooted in, in the praxis of liberation, that really centers Khalistan, that really thinks through these questions beyond, um, you know, these terms and these limitations that are important that are imposed upon us by um, the state, how do we carry these conversations forward? So definitely um, check out Khalistan.org um, and we'd love to be in conversation um, with people. You can email us at fateh at, at .org. You can find all of those details uh, on our website. And we'll, of course, put links to those in the description of the show. Shumshar Singhji, thank you so much for uh, talking to us and uh, giving us your time. Thank you so much um, for, for having me. Thank you once again to Shamsher Singh for joining us. If you want to follow Shamsher Singh's work, uh, you can uh, find his work at the National Sikh Youth Federation. That's the NSYF on Twitter. Uh, and they also have a website at nsyf.org.uk. And you can also find deeper uh, discussions of the history of Khalistan and uh, the politics of Khalistan at the Khalistan Foundation, and that's at khalistan.org. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks.